Chapter Thirty One of Astoria or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A consultation whether to proceed by land or water. Preparations for boat building. An exploring party. A party of trappers detached. Two snake visitors. Their report concerning the river. Confirmed by the exploring party mad river abandoned arrival at henry's fort detachment of robinson hoback and resner to trap mr miller resolves to accompany them their departure on the banks of mad river mr hunt held a consultation with the other partners as to their future movements the wild and impetuous current of the river rendered him doubtful whether it might not abound with impediments lower down sufficient to render the navigation of it slow and perilous if not impracticable the hunters who had acted as guides knew nothing of the character of the river below what rocks and shoals and rapids might obstruct it or through what mountains and deserts it might pass should they then abandon their horses cast themselves loose in fragile barks upon this wild doubtful and unknown river or should they continue their more toilsome and tedious but perhaps more certain wayfaring by land the vote as might have been expected was almost unanimous for embarkation for when men are in difficulties every change seems to be for the better the difficulty now was to find timber of sufficient size for the construction of canoes the trees in these high mountain regions being chiefly a scrubbed growth of pines and cedars aspens haws and service berries and a small kind of cotton tree with a leaf resembling that of the willow there was a species of large fir but so full of knots as to endanger the axe in hewing it after searching for some time a growth of timber of sufficient size was found lower down the river whereupon the encampment was moved to the vicinity the men were now set to work to fell trees and the mountains echoed to the unwonted sound of their axes while preparations were thus going on for a voyage down the river mr hunt who still entertained doubts of its practicability dispatched an exploring party consisting of john reed the clerk john day the hunter and pierre dorian the interpreter with orders to proceed several days march along the stream and notice its course and character after their departure mr hunt turned his thoughts to another object of importance he had now arrived at the headwaters of the columbia which were among the main points embraced by the enterprise of mr astor these upper streams were reputed to abound in beaver and had as yet been unmolested by the white trapper the numerous signs of beaver met with during the recent search for timber gave evidence that the neighborhood was a good trapping ground here then it was proper to begin to cast loose those leashes of hardy trappers that are detached from trading parties in the very heart of the wilderness the men detached in the present instance were alexander carson louis saint michel pierre de taille and pierre de Launay trappers generally go in pairs that they may assist protect and comfort each other in their lonely and perilous occupations thus carson and saint michel formed one couple and de taille and de launay another they were fitted out with traps arms ammunition horses and every other requisite 
and were to trap upon the upper part of mad river and upon the neighboring streams of the mountains this would probably occupy them for some months and when they should have collected a sufficient quantity of peltries they were to pack them upon their horses and make the best of their way to the mouth of the columbia river or to any intermediate post which might be established by the company they took leave of their comrades and started off on their several courses with stout hearts and cheerful countenances though these lonely cruisings into a wild and hostile wilderness seem to the uninitiated equivalent to being cast adrift in the ship's yawl in the midst of the ocean of the perils that attend the lonely trapper the reader will have sufficient proof when he comes in the after part of this work to learn the hard fortunes of these poor fellows in the course of their wild peregrinations the trappers had not long departed when two snake indians wandered into the camp when they perceived that the strangers were fabricating canoes they shook their heads and gave them to understand that the river was not navigable their information however was scoffed at by some of the party who were obstinately bent on embarkation but was confirmed by the exploring party who returned after several days absence they had kept along the river with great difficulty for two days and found it a narrow crooked turbulent stream confined in a rocky channel with many rapids and occasionally overhung with precipices from the summit of one of these they had caught a bird's-eye view of its boisterous career for a great distance through the heart of the mountain with impending rocks and cliffs satisfied from this view that it was useless to follow its course either by land or water they had given up all further investigation these concurring reports determined mr hunt to abandon mad river and seek some more navigable stream this determination was concurred in by all his associates excepting mr miller who had become impatient of the fatigue of land travel and was for immediate embarkation at all hazards this gentleman had been in a gloomy and irritated state of mind for some time past being troubled with a bodily malady that rendered travelling on horseback extremely irksome to him and being moreover discontented with having a smaller share in the expedition than his comrades his unreasonable objections to a further march by land were overruled and the party prepared to decamp robinson hoback and resner the three hunters who had hitherto served as guides among the mountains now stepped forward and advised mr hunt to make for the post established during the preceding year by mr henry of the missouri fur company they had been with mr henry and as far as they could judge by the neighboring landmarks his post could not be very far off they presumed there could be but one intervening ridge of mountains which might be passed without any great difficulty henry's post or fort was on an upper branch of the columbia down which they made no doubt it would be easy to navigate in canoes the two snake indians being questioned in the matter showed a perfect knowledge of the situation of the post and offered with great alacrity to guide them to the place their offer was accepted greatly to the displeasure of mr miller who seemed obstinately bent upon braving the perils of mad river the weather for a few days past had been stormy with rain and sleet the rocky mountains are subject to tempestuous winds from the west 
these sometimes come in flaws or currents making a path through the forest many yards in width and whirling off trunks and branches to a great distance the present storm subsided on the third of october leaving all the surrounding heights covered with snow for while rain had fallen in the valley it had snowed on the hilltops on the fourth they broke up their encampment and crossed the river the water coming up to the girths of their horses after travelling four miles they encamped at the foot of the mountain the last as they hoped which they should have to traverse four days more took them across it and over several plains watered by beautiful little streams tributaries of mad river near one of their encampments there was a hot spring continually emitting a cloud of vapour these elevated plains which give a peculiar character to the mountains are frequented by large gangs of antelopes fleet as the wind on the evening of the eighth of october after a cold wintry day with gusts of westerly wind and flurries of snow they arrived at the sought-for post of mr henry here he had fixed himself after being compelled by the hostilities of the blackfeet to abandon the upper waters of the missouri the post however was deserted for mr henry had left it in the course of the preceding spring and as it afterwards appeared had fallen in with mr lisa at the arikara village on the missouri some time after the separation of mr hunt and his party the weary travellers gladly took possession of the deserted log huts which had formed the post and which stood on the bank of a stream upwards of a hundred yards wide on which they intended to embark there being plenty of suitable timber in the neighbourhood mr hunt immediately proceeded to construct canoes as he would have to leave his horses and their accoutrements here he determined to make this a trading post where the trappers and hunters to be distributed about the country might repair and where the traders might touch on their way through the mountains to and from the establishment at the mouth of the columbia he informed the two snake indians of this determination and engaged them to remain in that neighbourhood and take care of the horses until the white men should return promising them ample rewards for their fidelity it may seem a desperate chance to trust to the faith and honesty of two such vagabonds but as the horses would have at all events to be abandoned and would otherwise become the property of the first vagrant horde that should encounter them it was one chance in favour of their being regained at this place another detachment of hunters prepared to separate from the party for the purpose of trapping beaver three of these had already been in this neighbourhood being the veteran robinson and his companions hoback and resner who had accompanied mr henry across the mountains and who had been picked up by mr hunt on the missouri on their way home to kentucky according to agreement they were fitted out with horses traps ammunition and everything requisite for their undertaking and were to bring in all the peltries they should collect either to this trading post or to the establishment at the mouth of the columbia river another hunter of the name of cass was associated with them in their enterprise it is in this way that small knots of trappers and hunters are distributed about the wilderness by the fur companies and like cranes and bitterns haunt its solitary streams robinson the kentuckian the veteran of the bloody ground who as has already been noted had been scalped by the indians in his younger days was the leader of this little band 
when they were about to depart mr miller called the partners together and threw up his share in the company declaring his intention of joining the party of trappers this resolution struck every one with astonishment mr miller being a man of education and of cultivated habits and little fitted for the rude life of a hunter besides the precarious and slender profits arising from such a life were beneath the prospects of one who held a share in the general enterprise mr hunt was especially concerned and mortified at his determination as it was through his advice and influence he had entered into the concern he endeavoured therefore to dissuade him from this sudden resolution representing its rashness and the hardships and perils to which it would expose him he earnestly advised him however he might feel dissatisfied with the enterprise still to continue on in company until they should reach the mouth of the columbia river there they would meet the expedition that was to come by sea when should he still feel disposed to relinquish the undertaking mr hunt pledged himself to furnish him a passage home in one of the vessels belonging to the company to all this miller replied abruptly that it was useless to argue with him as his mind was made up they might furnish him or not as they pleased with the necessary supplies but he was determined to part company here and set off with the trappers so saying he flung out of their presence without vouchsafing any further conversation much as this wayward conduct gave them anxiety the partners saw it was in vain to remonstrate every attention was paid to fit him out for his headstrong undertaking he was provided with four horses and all the articles he required the two snakes undertook to conduct him and his companions to an encampment of their tribe lower down among the mountains from whom they would receive information as to the trapping grounds after thus guiding them the snakes were to return to fort henry as the new trading post was called and take charge of the horses which the party would leave there of which after all the hunters were supplied there remained seventy-seven these matters being all arranged mr miller set out with his companions under guidance of the two snakes on the tenth of october and much did it grieve the friends of that gentleman to see him thus wantonly casting himself loose upon savage life how he and his comrades fared in the wilderness and how the snakes acquitted themselves of their trust respecting the horses will hereafter appear in the course of these rambling anecdotes End of chapter thirty one